Why kids? Have you ever wondered that? When it comes to these leftists, communists, Democrats, coronavirus panic people, why kids? Why all this focus on kids? Have you sat back and thought about it? Because this is what I see a lot right now from the right. I see frustration, anger. I see people saying, well, I don't understand why, why they're, they're going after the kids. Why, why are they always going after kids? They're just shoving the LGBTQ stuff, the, the coronavirus stuff, critical race theory. Why not just leave kids alone? Here's why you're confused. This is human nature. We as human beings, we assume the people around us think like us. It's just natural. Right? You think people have the same values you have. It's human nature. We all do it. You, you would never attempt to influence children who aren't yours. This is not in a serious way, right? You might say, hey, I hope you root for my team instead of dad's. It's something as a joke. But you would never seriously go after the values of a child. Hey, I know your parents, I know your parents taught you not to steal. I think stealing is the best. You should steal everything. It wouldn't even occur to you. Wouldn't even occur to you. Well, here's what you have to understand about the communists who run our education system, and oftentimes the communists who are actually teaching your kids in school, and I'm not just talking about at the universities. You have to understand, it would never occur to them not to go after your kids. Of course they would go after your kids. Why do you think I tell you these people are communists all the time? One of the base tenets of communism is it has to be universal. It has to be an endless revolution, and it must be worldwide. It must be for everyone, which is why they've been so successful in this country, gobbling up every single thing humanly possible and still moving forward. I've tried to explain this before. You think things are bad right now in the United States of America with all this cultural Marxist filth? I know you don't want to hear this, and I know it's hard to hear. They're just getting started. They're not even close to done. This thing hasn't even come close to reaching its final form. They never stop. It is revolution without end. They will gobble up everything. They look at your kids and think, oh, I need them. How do, we, how do we get that kid away from mom and dad so we can get rid of those values mom and dad taught and teach him our values? Because that child, you know, it's not a unique God-made soul to them. They look at your child as a future servant to communism, to the communist God, to the communist religion. That's the only way they look at your child. He is either useful to the religion of communism or he should be discarded. They intend to take him away from you, her away from you, and make that child useful. I mean, these kids, they're going back to school now. They're finally starting to go back to school. Many of them masked and all that idiocy will go into that, but they're going back to school. The teachers are very, very happy to have your children back in school. Some of them, for not the best reasons in the world, this is a pre-school teacher. Remember when I told you it wasn't just the university professors? This is a preschool teacher. Story time. This has been my first year in preschool with a class of my own, teaching alongside another queer neurodivergent educator, and we have been rocking our two's class. We've been talking about gender and skin color and consent and empathy and our bodies and autonomy. It's been fabulous. 
But our teaching team is shifting and a new person is being onboarded, someone with many years of experience. So today at the lunch table, when the topic of gender and genitals came up, one of our students plainly looked up and said, well, I'm a girl today, but I know that teacher Ko isn't. No, they're Enby. And the look on the incoming teacher's face was priceless. She was shocked in a good way. And she just looked around at the two of us and said, this class is incredible. And I am so impressed. That sick freak teaches preschool kids. Parents drop their kids off at that preschool, head off to work. And that sick freak has those kids for hours at a time, destroying your values. That's the reality of it. And look, it goes beyond just the gender weirdo nonsense. This critical race theory, don't think this has gone away. And don't think just because parents are awake and finally fighting back that these people are in any way backing off. And they're not taking a moment. Remember, communists never do this. They're not taking a moment where they're looking in the mirror and saying to themselves, were we wrong? I feel like maybe we're the bad guys. Maybe it wasn't right to teach white people to hate themselves and teach black people that they're horribly oppressed. Maybe that was wrong. They don't think in these terms. Just because parents are awake and they're yelling at school board meetings and they're fighting back and they're getting involved and they're homeschooling their kids, don't think these teachers are backing off. I'm getting ready to go back to school in the fall and my governor has put into place some ridiculous legislation that many governors across the country have put into place, such as I can't teach anything divisive, I can't teach critical race theory, and I can't teach about racial equity. This is at all public schools, colleges, and universities. So, teachers, <clears throat> in the past, we've been activists. After this last year, we really need to stand up and do what's right for our kids right now. So, this is a call to action, teachers. We gotta stand up and fight for our kids because this is We can't lie to them. Our kids. Do you hear that? Our kids. They're not your kids. Your kids belong to them. Do you know who teaches your kids in that school? Public and private. I rail against government schools all the time. There are private schools out there that are absolutely sick. Have you asked your child what they're learning in school? I just had to do this the other day. I've been negligent because my kids have gone back to school. Have you picked up your child's history book? You know, they're real human beings, write these textbooks. Have you flipped through your child's history book yet? If you haven't, you should ask your children what they're learning in schools. Because that hag right there, she's teaching kids. As we speak, there is, there is a classroom full of kids looking up at that lady. What do you think they're learning for seven, eight hours a day while you're at work trying to make ends meet? Think about it. And look... They know the public is now aware of critical race theory. So they're going to move on. They're going to rebrand it. And like the head of the teachers union does here, they're simply going to lie. Critical race theory is not taught in elementary schools or middle schools or high schools. It's a method of examination taught in law school and in college that helps analyze whether systemic racism exists 
and in particular, whether it has an effect on law and public policy. But culture warriors are labeling any discussion of race, racism, or discrimination as CRT to try to make it toxic. They are bullying teachers and trying to stop us from teaching students accurate history. It is toxic, and I want to go ahead and encourage you tonight on I'm Right to bully every single teacher you find who tries to teach this stuff to your children. Shame them, mock them to their faces, do everything you can to run that teacher out of the profession. I don't care if that sounds harsh. The time for being really, really nice is over. These people are destroying the United States of America. Four. Four million. Four million. That's how many college kids graduate on average every single year. Four million new communists out in the economy and out in society and out every single year. Either we take control of America's education system back or we will never, ever, ever be able to solve the problems in this country. And don't think it's just critical race theory either. They want your kids in masks. Why? It's about control. And I want you to ask any teacher how they feel this year. And I'm sure that they will tell you that they have never experienced anxiety like this because it is like we are trying to protect our students from a mass shooting that we know is coming but cannot do anything about, except we can do something about it. It's just that not everyone agrees that wearing a mask will stop the onslaught of students and staff who are likely to become sick and that makes me sick. I don't care about your feelings. I really don't care about your anxiety. I care about my kids. If you can't pull your mental health together, if you're too scared of coronavirus, go home, hide in the closet somewhere. All that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. We got Kira Davis coming up next. She's on fire. Hang on. Joining me now, editor-at-large from Red State, Kira Davis. Kira, school year has begun, or almost is ready to begin, depending on where exactly you are in the country. My kids are back in school. Some parents across the country are horrified by the conditions of their kids' school. Others are not. Is this going to contribute to us separating as a country? I mean, pulling further apart is what I'm talking about. Uh, yeah, I know, uh, Jesse. I know what you mean. <laughs> I... I Here's how I look at it. My kids are back in school. Well, I have a son who's off to college in a couple of weeks, finally, after uh, having that even be delayed for a year for him after a failure of a 2020 graduation year. My daughter started high school here in California this past week. They're back with masks. It's 100 degrees. It's awful. Um, and now we're looking at vaccine mandates for students here. It hasn't come yet, but it's on the way. So, yeah, I do believe it's going to contribute to the division and opinion. However, I think there's a silver lining here. And I think that is, uh, we can see that from what's happening in states like Florida, where the governor is saying, okay, fine, that's fair. If you think your kids should be in masks all day and that's what you want in a, in a back mandate, great. Let's let the funding follow the student. And that way, students who feel 
uh, and parents who feel safer in a in a school that is mandating vaccines and masks, they can go there. And parents who want their kids to breathe freely and learn freely, they can take that money and go to schools where they're the ones at risk and they're not putting those saintly masked people at risk, uh, at risk every school day. I think there's a great argument shaping up to be made for this. Now, here in California, of course, no one in, in the blue state, this blue state is really going to go for that as far as the political class is concerned. But then that's a great opportunity to highlight the fact that they don't really want to solve this problem at all. So I, I, I like to find silver linings here, and I like to think this is one. Um, but I am really ticked off about this mask mandate here. <laughs> Not going to lie. All right. I know we're talking about schools and things like that, but I can't have Kira, one of those dirty Californians, on the show without asking her about Gavin Newsom, specifically because of this school issue. I understand California's blue. I, I get that. This man is currently in the middle of a recall. So blue or not, are parents, Democrats, you know, because I know, sadly, you know some, are they mad at Newsom? Are they mad about the school thing? Or are they still putting gloves and hand sanitizer and little Billy all day long? No, it's, I mean, those, the true blue people are always going to be there, right? Like, there's the true believers, yeah. and they'll just believe whatever comes out of their favorite politician's mouth. I mean, we've got them on the right, they're on the left, too. So those people are always going to be there, the people that worship Newsom, no matter what. But I'll, I can't express to you how ticked off many parents across the political spectrum are they don't want to be put upon like this they don't want that they're getting their vaccines but they don't necessarily want their kids to have the vaccines they don't think their kids need the vaccines we certainly don't want to be mandating masks in school during hot weather when a lot of our kids are not at risk at all i have seen and spoken to many democrats who are not on board with this type of forced mandating and and they don't agree with the way that California is handling the COVID. They, they like, we're actually handling it quite well. We, our numbers are not that bad compared to other states. Personally, I think that's because COVID's been here for a while longer than maybe other states. But uh, yeah, uh, there are a number of Democrats. Listen, we've got this recall going on, Jesse, with, with Gavin Newsom. That's not a Republican recall. It started as a Democrat recall. These Democrats are upset with Newsom and it's not just about the school the school but it's about everything combined so yeah don't think that there aren't democrats here that are that aren't ticked and they're all just loving this no a lot of us are just desperate after a year of watching our kids dip into lethargy we're just desperate to get them back to some sense of normalcy there's a lot of democrats that are just as ticked off as i am good kira i have to play a video for you on my life it's real it's not a parody it, this is a South Carolina preschool, preschool teacher. Okay, guys, I can't. This is too funny. So I'm at work, and those of you who don't know me, I use they, them pronouns, and I'm a preschool teacher. So instead of using Mr. or Miss, we use Mix. So the kids have been really awesome doing that. I work with three- and four-year-olds. One of my kiddos came up to me, and he goes, are you mixed up? Is are you mixed up? <laughs> I was like, no, sweetie, I'm not mixed up. I just use I just use mix instead of Mr. or Mrs. And he's like, okay, I was worried. <laughs> no, kid, you should be worried. Kira, 
What's wrong with these people? Are they just, honestly, I, this is just a theory of mine. Yeah, I'm sure there are some people out there with enough mental illness that they really feel like this. I think a lot of these people are just bored and want attention, right? It's, it's the, this is the 2021 version of the high school girl who used to wake up in the morning and shave all her hair off because she wanted to try something new and her mean girlfriends promised her that it would make her that guy she likes more attracted to her. I actually think that's a, a, a really great point, Jesse. I think you're right. Um, and we're laughing at it, but the unfortunate thing is is that it's not that funny because their boredom is now affecting our children. This is ridiculous. Yeah, she is mixed up, and even the three-year-old and four-year-old could tell that, right? That was biting commentary from her three-year-old uh, uh, student. And these are not concepts or, or things that we should be foisting upon three- and four-year-olds. They they acquiesce to it because she's their authority. That person is is the authority in the classroom. And kids, we teach kids from the moment they step into the classroom that they should obey and listen to authority. But under no circumstances, if you leave those kids alone, are they going to think that that's a normal thing? So I I I mean, if I was I if I was a parent of a student in her classroom, I'd be pulling my kid out. Teach my kid to read teach my kid to write. I do not want you to be spending any extra brain power on trying to teach my kid how to twist the concept of, of biological reality in order to fit your narrative or in order to, to uh, complete this social experiment that you think you need to be bringing into your job. Teach my kid to read. Teach my kid to write. Teach my kid math. That's it. Back away. So yeah. we can make fun of this, and it is funny, but on the flip side of it is actually that it's very sad and it's very scary. And if your kids are in a classroom with a teacher like that, get them out. Speaking of sad and scary, this is from an article actually you wrote. Quote, New Loudoun County policy says teachers don't have to inform parents of student gender dysphoria. Teacher quits on the spot. Okay, so just so I understand this, because I don't speak half these words, Kira. I don't know what cis means, and they're always using words I don't understand, which makes me feel really old, but gender dysphoria is when some kid wants to whack himself off, right? I, I mean, like, cut off his, 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 you know, his, his equipment? Gender dysphoria is the medical term, is the real term for what transgenderism is, you know? Transgenderism is, is the watered-down word that we, but, but gender dysphoria is the medical diagnosis for someone who looks in the mirror and doesn't see uh, what and sees something different than what is reality, gender dysphoria is the same thing as body dysmorphia, which is what uh, anorexia is, right? The anorexic looks in the mirror and sees a fat person, even if she's 112 pounds. So this is a mental disorder. Oh, we're going to get banned, but hey, it's a mental disorder. But furthermore, forget all that, even if you don't agree if it's a mental dis disorder, this is something that any parent would be concerned about. Any parent will want to know about their kids, right? My little Johnny is going to school and telling, insisting to his teacher that he is really a girl and he wants to be treated like a girl and he doesn't like being a boy. He doesn't feel like he's a boy. That's something I need to know as a parent, the same way I would need to know if Johnny goes to school and says, I don't want to eat, I'm too fat. And he's not eating all day or drinking liquids all day because he he's worrying about his weight. These are causes for concern. Teachers are supposed to be our partners in educating our kids. But unfortunately, the state of public school now, as led by the unions, are, are now make parents the enemy and now effectively make themselves the parents. So they get to be the judge of what we do and don't get to know in the classroom. 
the, it, it should it should be chilling to everybody. The Loudoun County School Board has been under, as, as you've been covering on this show, has been under great pressure from parents. And the overwhelming majority of parents are not pleased with what's been going on with that school board. And they treat those parents as if they're morons and unworthy of having a say in their child's education, which is a big red flag for why those parents should keep fighting and keep being loud and don't give up. Because these people, they do want to replace you as a parent. They think that you don't love their your kids the way that they do. They think that you don't care about your kids the way that, that they do. They think that you are not smart enough to teach your kids the way that they can. And by the way, don't ever let a teacher say that just because they're educated in, quote, the field of education, that they know more about educating your child. They don't. They might know, know more about the techniques to teach math. You taught your child how to wipe their butt. You taught your child how to tie their shoe. You taught your child how to go to the fridge and get a cup of milk, how to open the door, how to say please and say thank you. All of these very important skills that you need as an adult moving forward, you've done that for your child. So don't ever think that you don't have the skills to teach your child what's right and wrong. And don't let these these school boards like Loudoun County tell you that you can't teach your child what's right and wrong. Your child belongs to the system, not to the parent. Boy, I think I've read that in some ideology before. I'll have to look that up and exactly what that is. Kira Davis, thank you so much. Thanks, Jeffy. We're not done yet. We'll be back. Remember how I've been telling you to keep your kids away from America's universities? I need to make sure I clarify, that's not universal. By the universal, by the grace of God, there are still some great ones out there like Hillsdale College. So I'm thrilled to welcome in Kathleen O'Toole. She is the assistant provost of K through 12 education at Hillsdale College. She's also a former K through 12 headmaster. Kathleen, one, thank God for Hillsdale College. Why, how hard is it being a, a random light in the darkness out there of America's university <laughs> system? Well, we're just grateful that we have academic freedom and we're grateful for the opportunity to really teach students. It's a wonderful place. It is a wonderful place. Uh, how much heat do you catch teaching the way you teach and what you teach at Hillsdale? Oh, it depends who you're talking to. I mean, I, I think most Americans, including parents and students, can tell that can tell that what we do here is real education, the opportunity to read things and think about things and learn from professors who know things. How did the rest of the university system go so far sideways? You're the educator. I'm not. I'm an idiot. What happened there? <laughs> well, I think uh, a couple of generations ago in both K-12 education and higher education, we got the idea that the university should be the engine of change in the country, not a place where ideas are investigated and, and discussed with young people who are learning, but instead uh, a way of making particular things happen, making history move forward. Uh, here at Hillsdale, that's that's not our view. Our view is that we are a university. Our job is to educate the young uh, undergraduates and graduate students here on campus and in Washington, D.C., and K-12 through students in our affiliated charter and private schools across the country. 
I think people are going to be actually thrilled. I think a lot of people don't realize there are charter and private schools affiliated with you across the country. How many states are we talking about here? Because my email inbox is full every day of parents desperate. Oh, yeah. Well, we're moving across the country. We are going to be in 20 states soon, if you include our new schools that we're working on. And um, like you, we hear from local citizens across the country who want to bring classical education to their community. Through the Barney Charter School Initiative and our other work in K-12 education, we teach those people how to start a classical charter school. We provide them with a curriculum, which is uh, authored by master teachers in our network and Hillsdale College professors. It's something that's been taught for decades upon decades. And uh, we give them training in how to teach, too, because after all, what you're reading in the classroom is only one ingredient. You also have to have a talented teacher ready to bring that curriculum to life. What's the 1776 Commission? Uh, the 1776 curriculum, Hillsdale 1776 curriculum, is uh, the American history uh, portion of our program guide. Uh, that's our curriculum for K through 12 schools. And seeing the seeing the crisis that we're having in our nation right now, or the confusion that we're having about how to teach, how to um, handle questions of justice, especially racial justice, in our history. We thought, let's give people the evidence, the primary source documents that they need in order to investigate those questions. And then let's give them some tips about how to involve students in those discussions from a responsible and honest way. Uh, so this is the curriculum we've been using at the college for 175 plus years. It's the curriculum used in our affiliated schools. And uh, it's happening in real classrooms all the time. It's not a curriculum written by activists or journalists. This is a curriculum that's being used by real teachers to teach real students real American history and civics. How did the 1619 Project even come about? I, I think a lot of people are aware of that disgusting filth. How did that come about and how did it catch on? I can see some nutball New York Times journalists coming up with it, but that it caught on and, and spread so rapidly really took me back. Yeah, I don't, I don't know really. I think, um, I think that the 1619 Project comes from a similar idea that we have in universities today which is that the job of educated people is to cause change, to, to, to move our history forward. And here at the college and our affiliated schools, our job is to teach the facts, teach the content, go back to the evidence. Uh, and we think that students and teachers can be trusted with the whole story of American history. They don't need to have one particular view of it cherry-picked and then handed to them. Instead, we can just read the documents with students and they can ask questions uh, about the justice of our American founding or what were the causes of the Civil War, not based on some journalist's take on those things, but on what the people who were living at the time actually wrote about it. I think uh, a lot of parents are still under the impression in this country that the real, real radical nutball lefty stuff just takes place at the university. I'm sure little Aiden, Braden, and Jaden will be fine in second grade. Well, you were a former K-12 headmaster. What did you see? Well, I taught at a classical charter school, um, and the way that we handled things there was the same way we handled things at the college. 
I think that in a lot of American public schools uh, today, we still believe in education. I think most people who go into teaching uh, believe in believe in teaching the kids. The problem is that the tools they're given aren't the best tools. Uh, they're not given balanced textbooks. They're not given standards that allow them to spend time really digging into the evidence. And uh, sometimes these these ideas that we see taking over American universities do creep their way into K through 12. So our job uh, in Hillsdale's K-12 work when it comes to American history and civics is to combat that trend and bring back intellectual freedom and the real story of the ability to, to learn the real story by studying the facts to, uh, to every teacher in every classroom. Why aren't they given the right tools? Who's doing the giving and who's writing the textbooks? Uh, well, um, textbooks take their bearings from state standards. Uh, and in public education, both charter and, pub and traditional public, uh, the, the educators have to meet the, meet the standards adopted by that individual state. Um, so some of the work happens at the legislative level or the, you know, the highest um, education agency in the state, depending on how the state works. Um, and the textbook publishers will follow suit. We see a lot of states right now that are working at the, at the state standard level to make sure that from the very top, Students are being pointed in the right direction. Teachers are being pointed in the right direction. And textbooks like Wilfred McClay's Land of Hope um, and other, another, um, another Western uh, history, Western civilization textbook that's coming out soon, they are bucking the trend and um, giving students a full narrative history of these things rather than a, a textbook that merely covers the, the facts that the standards want you to cover. All right. A parent out there right now, let's say they can't get to Hillsdale College, can't afford it, can't do whatever the case. What should a parent be looking at at a university before they send their child off to a parent? There's so much information out there. What would you be looking at if you're a parent and your child couldn't go to Hillsdale? Well, I think um, whether you're the parent of a K-12 student or a college student, you should get to know your child's teachers and you should ask those teachers, what are you going to teach my child this year? And what materials are you going to use to teach my child? And every teacher who's worth his or her weight uh, should be able to answer that question and should love to have to answer that question because that's their bread and butter if they're real teachers. They love talking about their content and they love parents who want to talk about the details with them. Um, if the school or the teacher isn't welcoming of that kind of question, or if the answer to that question doesn't sound like it's a scholarly answer, but instead more of a trendy uh, journalist type answer, then maybe that's a red flag for parents um, across the country. Uh, we would recommend Thanks. that parents look into those resources themselves. And a lot of, a lot of great work can be done at home as we're discovering with pods and with the rise of homeschooling in the last year and a half. Kathleen, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, great to talk to you. Thank you so much. All right, Chris Kobach joins us next.
Well, we love people who are out there fighting the good fight against all this school CRT madness. Joining me now, Chris Kobach, former Kansas Secretary of State, and he's currently the General Counsel for the Alliance for Free Citizens. Chris, CRT. I feel like they're just going to try to repackage it now, but I think it's wonderful we're out there exposing how poisonous and widespread this is throughout American schools. Yeah, you know, the schools uh, want us to talk about the COVID infection uh, infecting children, but what they don't want us to talk about is the infection of CRT, which they're, uh, which is an insidious virus that they are promoting and teaching. And uh, we have to protect our kids. And... As many uh, of your listeners and viewers know, there are there are some brave school boards out there that are trying to stop it within their districts. But the vast majority of school boards are either controlled by people on the left or they just don't have the uh, backbone to do anything. And so that's why I think if people want to fight back, the best way to do it is through the state legislatures. Three quarters of the state legislatures are not in session right now. They, they start in January, then they end, depending on the state, between March and um, July. But... Come January, uh, it's really important to get uh, the state legislatures geared up to stop this insidious teaching uh, in our schools. And uh, we have a bill uh, at the Alliance for Free Citizens, and, and you can go to it at www.allianceforfreecitizens.org, all spelled out. And uh, you'll see it there. There's, If you scroll down to the bottom of the front page, there's a, bill, a model legislation that you can email to your legislators, uh, send to your legislator, and they can put it in the hopper and get it started. And, and then you gotta, you got to call them and you got to say, is this bill passing? When's the committee hearing? Uh, but the bill is pretty simple. It says that no, uh, in, no state entity, so that would, educational entity, whether it be a public school or a university, uh, shall teach that one race is inherently superior to another. Gee, that's that's uh, that, that's pretty radical, isn't it? Uh, and and no school uh, shall teach that uh, one person because of his skin color uh, is, uh, is 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 an oppressor or is oppressed. Uh, it's very basic stuff. It's not like it's you know dramatically restricting what teachers can say. It's just saying don't tell kids that because of their skin color they should be judged. Uh, contrary to, you know, it, it's basically Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech uh, about not judging people according to their skin color. And, and it's astonishing that we have to even say this uh, to, to compel teachers not to teach the opposite. Well, Chris, that sounds like the well, most Chris, benign like the thing most in benign. the world. Why is there so much pushback on it? Well, that's that's exactly the, the, the question to ask. And, and that's the question that is begged. If, if this if, if it's not happening, why are the teachers unions pushing back? Why are the left-leaning school boards pushing back? Why are so many politicians pushing back? If it's not happening, then then there should be no objection whatsoever to uh, a bill like this, simply stating that we're not gonna teach our kids racist uh, concepts. So it's, it's pretty straightforward. It forces the other side to either acknowledge that yes, this is happening and they like it, or if they, uh, if they really think it's not happening, then they should have no objection to this bill. Chris, are parents starting to wake up to how insidious it really is? I have this video. I'm playing this video of a dad in Colorado, and he seems fired up. Are enough parents fired up? Here's this video. Putting critical race theory into our classrooms is taking our nation in the wrong direction. Racism in America would by and large be dead today if it were not for certain people and institutions keeping it on life support. And sadly... 
sadly, very sadly, one of those institutions is the American education system. I can think of nothing more damaging to a society than to tell a baby born today that she has grievances against another baby born today simply because of what their ancestors may have done two centuries ago. Putting critical race theory into our classrooms is not combating racism, it's fanning the flames of what little embers are left. I encourage you to support this resolution. Let racism die the death it deserves. Chris, yeah. why do they love it so much? Explain why they love it so much, because I've never been able to work through this. Why do schools, specifically teachers' unions, who you brought up earlier, why would they love it? And I've never been a teachers' union fan. I think they're disgusting, money grabbers, they've ruined education. Everything bad you can talk about teachers' unions, I would agree with. But specifically critical race theory, what, what a weird thing for them to love, unless I'm missing something. Well, you know, there are lots of... Theories, as to, I, those of us w w who have common sense and believe that history, uh, you know, the objective truth of history should be taught, what happened when it happened, and let people argue about why it happened. We don't teach the why to children and, and teach it in a way that is so skewed and clearly false that everything about America is racist and therefore uh, you, the student, uh, are a racist if you don't acknowledge that you are an oppressor. I mean, it's just insane. So, so my, my view is that this is part of, it's just one of several parts of how the educational establishment wants to teach that America is a bad place. Uh, we are not uh, a nation that is, a, that, that, that is singularly blessed and is, is something special in the world. On the contrary, uh, it's, it's about you know, teaching children to hate the United States. That undermines the institutions in the United States. It, 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 you know, it causes all kinds of things. It makes it easier for uh, ideas like Marxism and, and socialism to take hold and, and, and scrapping the Constitution with its pesky First Amendment and pesky Second Amendment. You know, it, it undermines our belief in our American system that the Founding Fathers gave us. So I think there are a lot of educators who, you know, that's their ultimate aim. Who knows? Others, uh, you know, they, they may like the the racist uh, tone of because there's clearly many racists on the left who like CRT because it, um, it 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 confirms and teaches their form of racism. Why white people though? I, I mean, look, okay, in, in some twisted way, I could maybe see how a, a black person could, could want to, I mean, who doesn't want to feel superior to someone else? Half the time, I mean, more than half the time, 90% of the time, it's some lily white person teaching this stuff. I, what do they get out of that? What's wrong with them? Uh, virtue signaling, I suppose. <laughs> you know, I, I can't get into their head uh, and explain why they why they think this is so important to uh, to force on our children, but it's... Regardless, we as parents have to say no, and the most effective way to do that is at the state level. You know, if you can pass a statewide bill, uh, then you you prohibit every school district uh, in your state from doing this. So, it's important. The bill also looks at ways they might try to get around it. Instead of the teacher doing it, uh, the school might hire some person to come in and teach a special class one day. Uh, so it prohibits any expenditure of money, any use of contractors, and it also prohibits other public entities in the state uh, from pushing this. So public employers can't, uh, you know, force all of the police officers to undergo uh, critical race theory uh, sessions and things like that. Is this the most awake you've ever seen parents in America? 
Yeah, it is because they're getting hit. Their kids are getting hit with two different things. They're getting hit with uh, various forms of, of mandates attached to COVID, and they're getting hit with critical race theory. Um, it's extraordinary. And I think the other thing, reason why uh, parents are awake is during 2020, many many schools did uh, go to virtual learning, and many parents suddenly were in the same room with their kids when they were, uh, you know, being lectured to by a teacher over the over the computer screen. And I think it gave parents a window into what their kids are actually learning. Chris, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you. Good. Step one is getting everybody woken up. Good. All right, we're not done. Look, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters but education. That's what we have to get through our heads. As long as we're filtering every single American through an education system where they're finding out just how much their country sucks, or they're being taught, I should say, just how much their country sucks, then all the rest of this, everything else we talk about, whatever it is, border, foreign policy, taxes, it's all just rearranging the deck chairs on the Titanic as it eases into the water. We either dig in and change our education system now and start producing people who love this country at an early age, or we're already done. That's where the battle is. That's where the only battle is. We must, you and I, dig in, take back our education system. All right, we'll do it again.